Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. What a lovely day it is. I always think every day is a lovely day, but today in particular, because I drove into town and I thought, what a lovely day. And I parked on a thing that's got one of those yellow things that says don't park here. Because you've got to be careful. You've got to check them out. What's the date today? The date today is the, uh, the 13th. Well, this thing is apparently OK till the 17th. What are they putting up there now for? Anyway, I sort of like part there anyway, so it's, it's fairly safe. Uh, so we've got lots... Oh, St. Patrick... Is it St. Patrick's Day Parade today? Is it? Dear God, isn't that what for? It's not till the 17th. Fancy having it ridiculously early. Anyway, uh, the one and only Chesney Hawks, 25 years on. Madonna's bored Australia. Oh, I miss my son. My other son misses him as well. What a load of old claptrap from the woman who's passed it. It's ridiculous. He's getting further and further away. He sits in court, having to listen to the insufferable pourings out of his dreary mother. And she's there. She's quite clearly dropped a few fuses, hasn't she? I mean, there's something the matter with her. It's not normal behaviour. Not normal behaviour. And as I said the other day, and I keep saying it until eventually the message gets through to her, the more you keep doing this, darling, the less he wants to be with you. He doesn't want to be with you. He quite clearly doesn't like you. And now she's tried another tactic. But your your brother David misses you. It's not his brother. Oh, that's the pub, yeah. Uh, your, your brother David misses you. She's tried everything. He doesn't want to be with you. Why are you not getting the message? Everybody else seems to understand it except you. Perhaps she is a few shillings short of a... Of a pound note. Anyway, so yesterday we go out. I go down to my uh, to my godchildren, and we whiz about all over the place. I mean, if we did one place, and we we packed everybody in, not my car, packed everybody into their car. So the six of us was it six of us? Yeah, six of us. And so we go here, then we go there, then we go to the market, then we come back from the market, then we go to this place, then we come back to that place, and then we decide because we've got rugby in Twickenham. And we love rugby, but I like to get back to Twickenham as they're turfing out, which means I'm going the opposite direction, which is fantastic. And yesterday it was Wales, and I don't want to rub it in, but we won. OK, just leave it at that. And uh, so I said, we need to eat early. And the last time we ate early, we went to a place. And the reason I remembered it is because it's not too far from where my godchildren live. Mind you, now they've got cars, they live all over the place. And uh, there's a fantastic garden centre over the road, a fantastic garden centre where, I mean, it really is a good garden centre. So we go to this place and uh, it's a gastro pub. It's uh, it's it's classed as as Chelmsford, but it's I don't think it is really. It's called the Fox and Goose. And they've got two dining rooms. The only reason I mention it is because so many of you go out to eat on a Sunday and so many of you go out to pubs and to gastro pubs and things like that. And we've been here twice. And, you know, I've not been disappointed yet, which is which is quite a rarity for me because I'm generally complaining about just about everything. And uh, for six of us, it was 160 quid. Which is, that was including a bottle of Prosecco between the two of us. And uh, they had these soft, squidgy, fizzy drinks like a strawberry crush and a, a thing because everybody else was sort of just drinking normally. And um, I had, what did I have for starters? Oh, I had uh, crispy pork for starter. And then for, for main course, uh, haddock in beer batter with triple cooked chips. Now, I might, if I was going to take issue and be a nitpicky person, which I am, I would say that they weren't triple cooked chips. I know what triple cooked chips taste like and I don't think these were triple cooked. Either way the fish was so delicious and the batter was so light I couldn't fault it. So we've been there before it gets fantastic reviews. I think it's had out of 18 reviews. Average is four and so it's it's in uh, I think it's Weiss's Road Chelmsford um, 
It's off the A414, and Neil knows it, because when I tweeted the picture yesterday, people said, where is it, where is it? Of course, I couldn't remember. So we found it this morning. I thought it was really nice. I thought the service was good. It's rare in this day and age. You know when you find somewhere, and you think, you know, that was really nice. And we all said, you can always tell, good indication of if a place is good is it goes quiet when you're eating. But the piece of haddock, it filled the plate. I mean, it was huge in this batter that just fell apart in your mouth. And, and it was lovely. And there was nothing was too much trouble. Can we have some extra apple sauce for the crispy pork? Yes. Uh, can we have some extra? Of the, yes, of course, yeah. So you get everything. And for dessert, I had banana ice cream. Oh, yum, a yum, a yum. I haven't had banana ice cream like that. It was delicious. So all in all, I thought it was great. And I'm, I remember tweeting afterwards going, I think it's worth a mention. You know, to find a nice way. I mean, it's, it's a long way out if you live in London. Or if you're listening to this programme in Glasgow, it's no blooming use to you at all. But for people who live in Essex, but Neil said he knew about it. He said it's got a good reputation. And it has. It's really, I mean, we thought it was excellent. Really excellent and nice. Second time we've been there. You watch next next time, it'll be awful. But the first two times, been delightful. So we did that yesterday and I managed to get back into, uh, into Twickenham quite early. I got back by just after half past six. So that was good. That was good. And uh, put my feet up, watched a little bit of television. I thought, you know, I'm just going to climb into bed. And uh, got up nice and early this morning, bounced around, had my shower, had two cups of coffee, uh, turned on the television to watch... Uh, what was I watching? I was trying to find if there was anything on the news that was worth mentioning. And uh, the only thing that they've done is, is Dunblane, which is in the, uh, the papers for today. And that was about it. When, when you go through the papers today, there's not as many stories as you think. We found the usual, you know, girl who slept with a footballer kind of story, which is, you know, old brass cell story. And you think, I mean, is, have we really descended into that? And the answer is yes, we have. Uh, also, the uh, story about Elton John selling his firm's headquarters for flats. Uh, everybody predicting that Brooklyn Beckham's career is going nowhere because he appears to be losing his looks. When he was younger, he was kind of good looking. And people were going, oh, look, he's, he's picked up his father's looks. And now he's looking a bit, he's, he's gone a bit too tall now. He's gone a bit too far you know, he should have should have had his, his legs sort of chopped off to keep him down to a reasonable size, but that didn't work either. Uh, they're also predicting that uh, the Chesa fling will end very painfully because he's not the brightest penny in the box. Uh, we are told that Liam Payne bumped into a pair of twins and he said, oh, it's amazing, he said, your twins, he said, you look so alike. And it was at that moment that people realised, he's a bit thick. Mind you, somebody else who has inflamed everybody, including all the taxi drivers, is Lydia the Thicko from... Uh, from uh, from Towie. She calls herself Lydia Rose Bright, like it's a double-barrelled name. It's just the silly, silly girl's middle name. And uh, she tweeted how much she loved Uber. Well, that has inflamed the taxi drivers like there's no tomorrow. In fact, it appeared that uh, that she was being paid to endorse Uber and to say how marvellous it was. She says, don't thank me now, thank me later. And, of course, the taxi drivers have rounded on her. Like there's no tomorrow. I didn't realise until I... I mean, I'd always said she was a bit thick. Unfortunately, she, her and her thick boyfriend are the dumbest people nearly in the entire cast. It's, it's difficult to find anybody as stupid. And so the taxi drivers have gone, and you've got a black cab driver in the family, and you're doing this. Oh, God, it went on. Oh, did it ever. But there again, she is a bit stupid. She can't help it. She's not the brightest person. Everything she does on her... If you look at all her tweets, they can't be done by her. They must be done by somebody else because they're all talking about those naff outfits she wears. Oh, look at me wearing this beautiful outfit coming out of this morning. I looked at it thinking, you look somewhat odd, somewhat odd. And then I did hear a story and I can't I can't repeat the story to you because it will identify where I've got it from about a very, very well-known person who is so vile and revolting that it would shatter their image in the in the public's mind. This person is absolutely wonderful. 
And I can only, and that's all I'm allowed to say, because I was told this in confidence. And I said, oh, well, she wouldn't tell me these things, because at some point it's going to pop out in the programme. But uh, they're really quite awful, effing and blinding and abusing work people and stuff like that. So um, I'm not going to tell you who it is. You'll just have to sort of have a guess. And then somebody wrote to me, I'm, I'm never too sure, actually, whether sort of people are in the real world or not, saying, uh, I don't know why people are interested in how much others earn, Steve, but I reckon you're interested in what your colleagues earn. Not remotely. Not remotely. Why would I be ever interested in what other people earn? We all earn different salaries. I don't think there's anybody probably in this building who is earning exact... Well, not in this building, in this radio station, who is earning the same as anybody else. It makes no difference what anybody earns. It's whether you can live on it, doesn't it? And uh, I can just about afford to scrape a living together, just afford to put Petra in the car, thank the Lord, and afford to go out to a gastro pub. And uh, that's about it. I never worry about it. I've never, ever worried in my entire life what anybody else earns, because I've always had money. I've, never, I've only ever not had money, and that was when I first moved up to London. And even then, I couldn't care less. Why would you worry about what somebody else is earning? Never bothers me. As long as I've got a roof over my head, I can afford to put the heating on. I can afford to keep in the fridge what I want. I can afford to drink what I want to drink. And I can afford to do practically what I want to do. Why would you ever worry? Why would you ever worry? And then this person has a guess at what they think I earn. I don't get out of bed for that amount of money. You must be joking. Seriously, you've got no idea. Hopelessly out of touch. Hopelessly out of touch. Uh, It does have a great reputation, says Neil. I think I shall uh, take Lorraine there for our anniversary. I thought it was really nice. That's the second time. We all said exactly the same, Neil. We all said exactly the same. And we're, we're generally, as a family, en famille, we're all, we're all a bit sort of fussy about, oh, I shan't come here again. We were going to go to a place called Vojan. And Vojan is a bungalow set in the middle of nowhere, and it's a really super Indian restaurant. But the trouble is it didn't open until... It closes at three and then opens at five again. And it was, it was it would have made it too late because we like to spend a couple of hours there. We've not been to Vojan for ages, but we used to go there because it's quite local. So we ended up at, uh, at the other pub. But it's, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think I could fault it. I really couldn't fault it. In fact, at, at one point, I'll tell you how, how, how nice I thought it was, which makes a difference in this day and age. We, there were six of us. Five of us got our starters. And little Dan didn't get her. She was going for, I think, uh, cheesy garlic bread. And hers didn't arrive. And so we called the waiter over, whose name was Antoine or something. Anybody, whoever it was, he'd, he'd come over from Spain. He was a slightly older gentleman, which is rare in these sort of places. But he was very good. And we said, terribly sorry, look, she's not had her starter. We've nearly finished ours. And I hate things like that. And obviously, they'd made a mistake in the kitchen. They hadn't noticed the extra one because there were two of them. Anyway, so he then brought it for her. And he said, uh, there'll be no charge for that. And you think, now that's service. That service, you know, we didn't need to say anything else. And then at the end, she couldn't eat all of her triple chocolate cheesecake. So they wrapped it up and put it in a bag for her to take away. I thought it was really nice. So uh, I think good. Although, as you as you say, Neil, now it's been given the Steve approval. Everybody be trying it out. I thought, I mean, put it away. Go, go for the haddock and chips. Haddock and chips. Honestly, it was really, it was quite delicious. Quite delicious. The fox and goose, that is. So it's off the A414, which is near, near Chelmsford. It's got park it, but it's got this garden centre over the road. Well, it hasn't. It's another garden centre where I thought it was the best garden centre I'd seen in ages. I might have to go and get some of my hanging baskets there. So anyway, so that was uh, that was yesterday. This morning, uh, we've got all sorts of stories in the papers. The boxing legend who is too ill to visit the UK exhibition. That's Muhammad Ali. Uh, Julie Walters says she may be 66, but she still enjoys doing sexy stuff. And you couldn't make this story up. The BBC, the B, wait for this one. Wait for this one. 
the BBC invite a paedophile rapper onto a Radio 1 show to plug his record. What? You're joking, Steve. No, it's in the papers today. A paedophile rapper. He's been in... He's been in prison. He's been in prison and they invite him on... As a, does nobody do any checks down there? Does nobody do any checks? This one, I predict, could uh, could turn into something really quite nasty for good old Auntie Beeb, who just screw up left, right and centre. Oh, the other thing they're thinking of doing... This might worry everybody in local BBC Radio. BBC Radio Solent. Do-do-do-do-do-do. The Reverend Parsnip. Do-do-do-do-do-do. All local radio. They're thinking of just on their local radios putting on a breakfast show and a, and a drive-time show and the rest of it coming from one of their main stations because they need to save a lot of money. And BBC Local Radio is quite expensive, so if they axe it at BBC Radio Solent... Do, 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 girly singers, etc. Then uh, they could save a fortune. And it means you might get some decent quality programming. Unlikely, of course. And, um, and so they'll axe all their other programmes. Oh, there'll be DJs rushing off their, uh, their tapes, even as we speak, going, better get some stuff in. Very shortly, there's only going to be uh, one radio group worth applying to in this country. Oh, look at the time. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. <laughs> Ask Boris the first chance for you to grill the Mayor of London since he backed Brexit. Tuesday morning from nine with me, Nick Ferrari, only on LBC. Nick will be back with you tomorrow, 6.20 from uh, 8 o'clock this morning. Stig Abel will be here with Sunday Breakfast and after Obama criticised Cameron this week over Libya before seeking to cuddle and make up, Stig will be asking just how cosy do you want the relationship between the US and the UK to be. You'll also be looking ahead to Wednesday's budget and, of course, have someone on to moan about the EU, plus Paddy Ashdown in the studio to review the papers. That's the big Sunday breakfast with Stig Abel from 8 this morning on LBC. 84850, steve at uh, We'll weave in uh, everything. Uh, another one here. Patrick says, I'm very disappointed. You said you were 31. No, coming up 40. 40 uh, next week. Well, for- 41. I've told a bit of a fib. He said, but for some strange reason, it says the internet says you're 62. Typical lies, isn't it, on the internet? They just tell lies and more lies, I'm afraid, Patrick. So, you know, don't believe you anything you read on the internet. You'll read that I'm three foot two or something ridiculous. On the subject of uh, Madonna, uh, Paul wants to know what happened to the children she brought in in the late 90s. I don't know. I've lost track of how many children. She adopted David, didn't she, from Malawi. And uh, then she's got Rocco. And uh, and I'm not I'm not sure who the other ones are, but as I've said before about this, it's a it's a fairly cut case. She's control freak. I mean, quite clearly more freak than control. And uh, every opportunity now, she I mean, she dedicated a song to him the other day, and she put up photos of him in Australia. I mean, it's contrived rubbish. You know, he quite clearly doesn't like her. He doesn't want to be with her. Although I noticed the other day, a little bit embarrassing, really, that Brooklyn Beckham, who frankly could walk naked through Trafalgar Square and nobody would notice him at all, believe you me, now goes out with a minder. Goes out with a minder. Yeah, she's got uh, Rocco Ritchie, Mercy James and David Bander Mawale, Ciccone Ritchie. So she's got... Oh, and Lordairs, Maria Ciccone Leon. It's all a bit confusing, isn't it, really? But, of course, at the moment, she wants Rocco back and she'll do anything to get him. But as he heads towards 16, he's hoping he's going to run at it. He doesn't want to be with her. Otherwise, it would be straightforward, wouldn't it? Otherwise, all he'd have to do is say, uh, yes, all right, I'll go over and see her. 
but he quite clearly doesn't want to. So they're in court over it. It's pathetic. It is so pathetic. And now the latest tactic she's tried, she's tried the sobbing on stage. She's tried the pictures of him going, I really want him back. And, and you know, our life isn't complete without him. He's, of course, having a whale of time with his father, having to sit through some dreary court case. Uh, so now she said that David, this is the adopted uh, lad who she got from Malawi. Um, he, she, she's now saying, oh, he really misses Rocco. You've not bloody seen him for months. Months he's not seen him. Why is she not learning? Why is she not learning? Anything she does now is just literally driving a, a huge wedge between them, which is just, you know, making the gulf even bigger than we had before. But she's not, she's not intelligent enough to realise that. Uh, my friend Phil says, I'm glad you had haddock, far more flavour than cod. Do you know, it was, beer batter is gorgeous. It's just a normal batter, isn't it, where they, they pour in a bottle of beer or something. It was light, it was crispy, it was really nice. It was really nice. It was, sort of, it was just nice. It was just, you know, I can't, I can't describe it. It's always, I'm always quite pleased when I go out and have a, have a dinner the, or a lunch that I, I come away and I ate it all, apart from two chips. I always say you have to leave two chips on the plate because there might be somebody starving in another country and they might want them. And that's the only thing. Oh, yes, I was, I was just saying. Oh, so I, I thought I got sidetracked. So the, the only thing that, of course, would, uh, would stop Rocco from going to be with his mother is just about every time she opens her mouth. And as I said the other week, I bet you anything, you know, so he goes over there to stay with her and uh, he goes, OK, I'm just going out on my bike, Mum. Where, where are you going? Rocco, Rocco, come here. Come here. She, she treats him like, like he's a three-year-old. Come here. It's, it's called smothering, smothering. Come, come here, come here. And where, where, where are you going? I just thought I'd go for a... Wait a minute. Uh, can we get two bodyguards down? Rocco's going out for a cycle ride. And that's how it would be. I mean, the other day, uh, there was a, in fact, there's a picture today in the paper of Brooklyn Beckham out with a bodyguard. Oh, do us a favour. This is after Mummy's business. Looks like it's crawling around on its knees trying to get some money together. It's cost a fortune. It's not... Uh, it's turning over, but it lost. They had to transfer money from old David's account. You know, David? Yes? Have you got your post office savings book there? Can we? Can you transfer money to my account, please? Yes. Um, um, have, can, can I take 3.8 million? Yes, that'd be OK. And so, you know, so 3.8 million goes out and David goes... I haven't got much money left in this account now. I haven't got a lot, have I? And she goes, don't worry, listen, mummy, Mummy's trying to make a, a business out of clothes that nobody wants to buy. And it's a case of, who is she appealing to? I mean, as I said the other day, I mean, I, it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. If you've got a lot of money, unless you're sort of some Russian oligarch with some sort of chavvy-looking daughter who will spend this sort of money, if you're a rich person, you come from, you know, a well-heeled family, and you go, OK, we're going to go out, we're going to have, um, I think, possibly some Balmain, possibly, possibly some Versace, some Dolce Gabbana, some Isimayaki, Victoria Beckham, I don't think so. What, what, the boneless creature who couldn't sing in the Spice Girls? You are joking! What have you... Take them back, take them back... That just looks chavvy. It's sort of, it's one up from Burberry. It's the kind of thing that people go, oh, not Victoria Beckham. I mean, it's just, it's not class. Her father's an electrician, for God's sake. You know, they want to get, you want to get, sort of, and they go, so who, who actually made, made your wedding dress? Oh, David Emmanuel, it cost 22,000. Oh, right. Who made yours? V Victoria Beckham. Really? Oh, how much was it? 37000 You know, I mean, she has handbags at ludicrous prices in her shops. And I think people go there. She's not there three quarters of the time. They have assistants who follow you around with, like, a, an iPad. Hello, can we help you? No, just go away! hate being followed around by assistants. It's very infuriating. But uh, it's not for us. We don't have the kind of money. 
Well, I mean, I have, but I mean, I look ridiculous in her outfits. And, uh, and so people don't want to spend it. I think the other day, out of 86 customers, only 11 bought anything. Small one. She's got a 10-year lease on this shop. I'd be surprised if it runs 10 years. I mean, I really will be. She'll have to go mail order. She'll have to go... Because the, the rent on this shop is, I think, s- about £630,000 a year. That's before you've done staff or anything. She needs to take a good million. Easy. Easy on that shop. And at the moment, it doesn't look like it's kind of doing it. So we'll wait and see. You know, I'm more than happy to sit back and sort of bide my time. Because that's what we have to do, don't we, in things like this. But it's the idea of having to borrow. And they've tried to do it a bit underhand, so nobody found it. But, of course, they found it. You just have to go through a company's house and you can see how they've transferred money into sort of... And they they put down, oh, no, we're going to do this anyway. It's a business strategy. You thought, yeah, the business strategy is it's not. It's not a business strategy. It's not working in the, in, the, in the way that it perhaps it should be working. Might do in the future, but I don't think she knows her market. I really don't think she knows, you know, her market for who she's appealing to. Certainly all the sort of the people who follow the Spice Girls, they can't afford any of her stuff. The cheapest thing she does, I think, is... Um, is it a credit card holder at £175 or something? Whatever it is, it's terribly expensive. And it's a case of, you know, pretending to be rich, whereas, in fact, she's just working class. Working class. She doesn't have any of that particular talent. It's a terribly expensive shop. Terribly expensive shop. But, you know, if people want to buy it. But I don't think they do. If I was given the choice, I would be spending my money on Dolce & Banner and Versace and things like that. I wouldn't be buying it on Victoria Beckham. You really wouldn't, would you? Well, I don't know. You might be. Uh, Paul O'Grady is now known as Hall O'Grady because last year he raked in £8.4 million, which is a million up on the year before when he took in £7.4 million. So uh, when you ask how much people earn on television, and we had this long discussion over lunch yesterday about, uh, about what people earn. And I said, you'd be surprised when you hear what your favourite celebrities are earning. And in the case of Paul O'Grady, £8.4 million. Uh, and that's Now, that's just not television appearances. That's his book, his autobiography. I don't begrudge him a penny piece because he's, he's worked his little socks off throughout his life. And, uh, and he's, done, he's done really well. A lot of money, though, isn't it? I think in... Oh, if we, found, we found a little item here from the, uh, from the Victoria range. This is a simple shopping bag. It's lovely here, actually. It's a simple shopper-style tote in uh, navy python when they say navy python do they mean it's python they mean it's an endangered animal is it is it meant to look like pythons you don't think it really is python do you dear god i hope to i hope to god it's not anyway uh, the price to you today for all you poor people is 1850 pounds so there it is it's 1000 they must be having a laugh at us. I found some more bags, though. She has some other bags. She's got a cheaper one. There's a lovely little one here, which is, which is quite sweet, which is a, a simple half-moon bag, which is 1,600. Do you think she stitches them all personally? I would like to think so, wouldn't you? But the harsh reality... Oh, no, we found a cheaper one. A pouch, £625. Now, I have to tell you, I can buy 625 bags from Marks and Spencer's for 10p each, which will last me probably the rest of my life. And I could, I could bring it in under that. I've got a hard metal clutch. Woohoo! Who hasn't? £1,850. What's the most expensive bag she's got, Chris? Has she got a really... a really? Well, what do we think would be the most expensive bag? Here we go. We're having a quick... We're, we're sort of shunting through the, uh, the lines here. Trying to find something that is... Oh, that looks expensive, doesn't it? That... Oh, no, quite cheap. She seems to do them in a variety of... They all look just like children's bags. So, so... Mm, no. 
Not much luck finding anything. I mean, it's all roughly under the uh, under the two thousand quid, eighteen hundred and fifty pounds, one thousand eight hundred and fifty quid. You know, and then she's got some lovely little outfits here. This is uh, all her models look slightly ad- and, uh, androgynous and a little bit naff. And so they've sort of taken this person. It really doesn't photograph. And they're average seven seven five, an oversized tunic. Uh, one here uh, flares. Oh, sorry, a classic biker look nine eight five. I mean, to be honest with you, it's pretty chronic stuff. It's pretty chronic stuff. It's not, how much are jeans? Oh, there we go. Flare, flare jeans, £265. I mean, a friend of mine was a market trader. And every so often he would, he would go to his supplier and they would supply a box of jeans. He came home one time with, with I think, about four boxes of jeans. And the jeans were all samples so they were jeans and they'd been stitched with uh, embroidery all over them. And I think he picked them up and they worked out about a pound a pair. Pound a pair. So he was, he was selling them off for like, I think, you know, 10 quid, something like that. And so you can imagine when she's selling a pair of jeans. We have found a lovely little floral applique shopper. This is an oversized slouchy drawstring bag with a bold leather floral applique design. I mean, it's £850. I mean, you ladies must have more money than cents. Serious. Oh, God, I'm late for the news now. LBC News Time, 6.30, latest headlines. Sorry, Glenn Moore. Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 25 minutes to 7. It's Steve Allen's early Sunday breakfast. Don't bother going out. Seriously, it's not worth going out. It's misty, it's foggy, it's a bit chilly, and there's a St. Uh, What's-It's-Day parade in town, St. Patrick's. So there'll be lots of people walking around with big floppy hats with, uh, with shamrocks on them, drinking Guinness, OK? In other words, there'll be just lots of drunk people in town. It's an excuse. Who are not Irish, OK? The Irish are going, well, nothing to do with it, Steve. Well, nothing to do with that one at all. We'll have our own celebrations on the Thursday of next week coming into town, obviously. It used to be done by Ken Livingston. Have you noticed Ken Livingston backtracking the other day on some of his comments, trying to make out he did it to be controversial? Of course. Uh, we found something more expensive on old uh, Vic's uh, website. A corset flare with brooch. Is it brooch or brooch? Well, I don't know what it is, actually. This is in matte crepe from the pre-spring collection. This is a strapless, midi-length dress with an internal corset cut from a heavy stretch white matte crepe. It features flattering panels, seaming, and a dramatic full-fled skirt. An enamelled white flower brooch adds a feminine detail. Uh, before that, of course, it's just tranny. <laughs> I mean, honestly, a white brooch. So, in other words, you all look exactly the same. And the price to you today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to charge you a thousand for this. I'm not. I'm not going to do it for 1,250 quid. I'm not even going to do it for 2,000 for you. I tell you what, today... 2,650 quid. Go on, get your money. Show us your money. Show us your cards. Come on. You can buy this one. You can take this one home today for this price. And you too can look like a stick insect wrapped in crepe bandage. It's phenomenal, isn't it? You ladies, I tell you, you love spending... Oh, the glasses are nice. I like sunglasses. Victoria's known for her sunglasses. And uh, here they are. Now, I buy sunglasses. Um... I, I generally spend about uh, about a hundred pounds on my sunglasses, but I found some lovely ones from uh, from Victoria's range, uh, the classic Victoria Platinum. This is a new aviator style in platinum with elegant handmade silver frame and platinum mirrored lenses. Do you get the feeling she's uh, she's trying to social climb, because she thinks that people are going to spend seven hundred and eighty pounds for this. I mean, seriously, dodo birds. 
dodo birds. Go to a sunglasses shop. You can find glasses much nicer. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm thinking the next thing to be nicked off people on the London streets are people's platinum sunglasses. How stupid would you have to be? You know, it's all right for poor, poor old Vicky tottering about at the heels she can't walk in, so she now wears flats, and flogging sunglasses at 780 quid. Do you think she's rich? Do you think she's lost the plot? I mean, do you think she's finally lost her marbles and decided? It's, uh, people have spent £780. How much do they cost you, dear? Um, oh, I don't know. What, what the... David? Yes? Not more money? No, no, I'm just asking, actually, David. I mean, how much for the sunglasses? Pound? No, no. I mean, how much really do you think they're worth, David? Two, two pounds? No, no. You don't want to borrow any more money from my post office savings account? No. I'll buy them. How, how, how much would you give for them, David? I give three pounds. No, there's seven hundred and eighty. David, wake up, David! Come on, not in a dream, poor soul. Honestly, can't wait to. See. I mean, we'll, we'll wait and see, shall we? I mean, you know, it's it's just it's not as exciting as as a big label. You know, she's Victoria Beckham. She's the one who couldn't sing or dance in the Spice Girls. You know? I'm sorry, I don't care what these people say in America. I think the truth of the matter is, people people want to be with her because they can get near to Dave. Because apparently Justin Bieber said in one of the papers today, he said that he loves bumping into David Beckham because they talk about music and football. <laughs> I've got a post office savings account, Justin. Have you, mate? How much is in it? Not as much as till Victoria started raiding it. <laughs> I think they should do that. When they used to do Spitting Image, they used to have uh, David, leader of the Liberal Dems, who was a much smaller puppet than all the rest of them. And he'd look up to them like that, and they'd all be looking down on him, and I thought that was sweet. Mind you, sweet picture in the paper. Sweet Mary, Mother of God, ladies and gentlemen. There is the picture which we never thought we'd see. Yes, having to stick her tongue firmly at the back of her throat, poor old Chavy Jordan, she went to a Peter Andre concert the other day. That must have been... And, of course, there was her... Peter's agent, because she goes everywhere. She looks like she's eaten certainly more of the, uh, not the salad bar, but anywhere else. And uh, who was there as well? Kieran was there. Kieran, who's apparently the latest husband of Jordan. And they had some of her attractive children there. And then Jordan and Peter Andre spoke after the show. Lovely. I wonder, I wonder why. Is this because she was going to court and now she's not going to court and she's decided that she's lost every other thing? She might as well sort of try and cut her losses and pretend she likes him because she's stuck with old Kieran. Every time she looks at Kieran, she must be seething. She must be seething because he slept with two of her best friends who are still around and laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Mind you, when you go onto the internet, you find Kieran Haler performing with a variety of young ladies on the internet. Mind you, even more embarrassing for poor old Lydia, not so bright but dim. I mean, every time she walks out with Arge, she has to look at Arge and think, you slept with Gemma Collins. I mean, that's, that must really, really rankle, doesn't it? Because Lydia, who's not the most intelligent person in the world, I mean, she must be going... I really love... I'm oh, sorry, that's David Beckham. Um, you know, I really love him, but, you know, I can't trust him. I mean, you can't really trust Arge at all with anything at all, can you? Uh, somebody says she won't be involved with the making. She'll have a team of designers. Oh, yeah, I gather it'll all be made abroad. It'll all be made abroad. And uh, and they, uh, they, they they sort of do, do quite well with it, don't they? I mean, all this stuff is made in uh, in places where you can get it made cheaper. 
But I know what people pay for things. I, I can tell you. It's, uh, it's quite interesting. Quite interesting. Uh, Ginny says, today's the annual walk between the two Royal Marsden hospitals in London and Sutton. So if you see a lot of people walking... We had the, because we had the rugby yesterday, there were people dressed up in fancy dress. And then somebody said, uh, no, 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 Steve. That's a Welsh national costume. And so I thought it was funny. We'll be walking on carrying leaks and everything else. But we did win, didn't we? We did, we did actually win, which I like. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And uh, surely your birthday's not Feb the 29th, says Jeremy. Still only 39. No, coming up 41. 41 I'm coming up to, as you know. I, I, there's no point in telling fibs about it. I can't bear people who tell lies about how old they are. It really drives me insane, as you know. Uh, I've got some wonderful tote bags Steve, I've got a Motley Crew, Alice Cooper, Bowling for Soup and several other bags. Very strong. Charity shop, three quid, and the totes were all 15 quid or less each. Even if I won, pardon me, Euro millions, I would never in all conscience spend that kind of money. There are certain things that I would do, and you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and you probably said what everybody else is thinking. Even if I had, you know, 30 million quid in the bank, I still would not go out and buy a Rolex. It wouldn't, you know, I just need a watch that tells the time. And I've got a very nice watch, and it tells me now the time is 20 to 3. And it's perfect. It keeps perfect time. And I use it all the time. And now we're at the 7th of April. So it's brilliant. I love it. Uh, I bought it off somebody in the street. And I'm very happy with it. Always been very happy with what, but I couldn't bring myself to spend 50,000 on a watch, 100,000 on a watch. Even if you had all the money in the world. Why would you do it? I wouldn't go out and fill a house with antiques for less they get damaged or something like that. So I would have nice things. I've always had nice things. But, uh, but I, I wouldn't have anything that I think, oh, no, I'd be worried if, if that broke. I've always had this fascination with buying big Chinese vases. And I remember years ago I saw two in a shop in Kingston and they sat there for the best part of 18 months. And they were £775 the pair. And I wish I'd bought them because the shop eventually went bust and the vases went with them, which I was very disappointed in. And I, I wish I'd bought them. It was the only thing that I sort of regret. But I've got something that I bought years and years ago. And it's called a dream tree. And I bought it when I first moved into Twickenham. I went to Kingston shopping one day and the old Bentles uh, shop there before the new shopping centre had dream trees in one Christmas. So I've had this about 25 years. And what it is, it's a tree made out of twisted metal. It's quite big. It's about uh, two foot wide by about pff, probably a good two foot tall. And all the branches have got little uh, leaves on cut out of metal uh, and and I think you could probably still buy it, actually. It's a dream tree. See if you can find it on the internet. It's it's called a dream tree, and and I've never got rid of it. It just sits there. And as the breeze wafts, waftsing through the breeze, uh, all the little leaves shimmer. And it must have, I should imagine, 500 leaves on it. But it's called a dream tree. And I paid, I'm sure I paid, a couple of hundred quid for it. But I loved it so much. And it's travelled and it's done all sorts of things. But I'm I'm loath to get rid of it. Because I'm thinking that that's my good luck tree. <coughs> so I really, I really liked it. So oh, there we go. Probably not going to have it now. Dream tree production demonstration. Going to get all sorts of uh, strange things, aren't we now? No. But it's, it was just called a, a dream tree. And it was, it was really very, very pretty. But made out of metal. And it just sits there on my sideboard. I've got this sort of big sideboard, which you can put plates on and everything else. And it's, it's really lovely. Oh, there we go. There it is at the end. It's that end end picture. End picture there. Let's have a look. It looks like it looks like that, but mine's mine's much nicer than that. Much nicer. And it's it's a large original Trammel Dream Tree. Oh, mine's much more beautiful. See, this one's here. Nineteen oh, nineteen sixties. 
Wow. Obviously worth money, this thing. I like it. Yeah, a dream tree. There it is. 14 inches. Well, I'm hopeless at size. I don't know anything. And it's got uh, 20 inches, painted gold at the top and a felt covering on its bottom. It's in vintage condition. I don't see any missing leaves. Well, I've got twice as many leaves as that thing there. It's a dynamic and impressive sculpture. Ooh, that's what mine is. That's what mine is. Isn't it lovely? I wonder what they're worth. It's quite nice, actually. It's got the original handwritten registration. I better check, actually, on the bottom of mine. It appears the leaves are made of metal. They are. They are made of metal, definitely. How lovely. A trammel dream tree. Well, there you go. Well, that looks like mine, only mine's even better than that. Even better. It looks even nicer. It's more... I've got to have a look for this thing. I've never lifted it up underneath and had a look. Isn't that funny? I could be sitting on a small fortune. Does it say price? It doesn't, does it? Have they got a price on it or anything? No. Oh, what a shame. Well, there you go. Anyway, quick time check for you. Sunday morning. I'm having one of my rambly days today, but don't worry about it. It, it passes. Generally about eight o'clock. It's uh, 14 to seven. Leading Britain's conversation. Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. Ten to seven is the time. Actually, I must say, the other day I was sort of... Uh... I was sort of faffing around in Paul Cooper's shop, you know, thinking I might be a greengrocer one day. And uh, and Andy Peters dropped in, because he only lives down the road in Richmond. And I've not seen him for ages. We sort of we sort of pass, and he'll go, oh, Steve, and I go, Andy. And then he's off doing something. And, uh, and he, he popped in for his lunch, one avocado. I mean, I ask you. I mean, you're hardly going to get fat on an avocado, are you? Oh, I don't know, actually. Uh, Steve, your Radio Solent, Reverend Parsnip Jingle, makes me laugh out loud, says Fion. Says you're akin to a treble espresso for the mind. <laughs> treble espresso on a Sunday morning. I suppose I better actually go through the papers for you, although I'm in no way, shape or form inclined to give you the papers this morning. I'm feeling on my sort of kind of, you know, let's just have a lazy day. Let's have a day where we can sort of look at some of the, uh, the stories and we can laugh at the people involved in them. And then we sort of, we just sort of, we dissect it as we go through. So I tell you what, let's just pick a paper at random and uh, we look at the Sunday Mirror. And they're still trying to get an audience. They haven't even broadcast this programme yet for Top Gear. So the other day, they have Matt LeBlanc driving up to St Paul's Cathedral where there is a wedding taking place. It's a fake wedding. This is all staged for the cameras. And, um, and he's there and then holds up a... Th- I mean, this, this, this is apparently funny, is it? This programme's got Kiss of Death written on it. It's just, it's just not going to work. Seriously. Too much pre-publicity. Too much nothing going on. And... Um, and it's, it's just doomed. I mean, I never thought Matt LeBlanc was funny at all. Uh, more here. Little David's heartache over Madonna Rocco Rift. He's missing his older brother. No, he's not. Don't be stupid. He doesn't even know who he is. This is, uh, this is little David. And, uh, and David, apparently, because Rocco has been living for months in London. And now David is heartbroken, too. And everybody's getting me upset about it. And we don't know why. And you think, it's because she's a control freak. She wants him. You, come here, Rocco. I'm not coming, Mum. I've told you before, you're boring. And you can't sing your whole show either. And so, <laughs> that's what, do you remember Elton John said that? He said she mimes some of it. So she, and you think, just, and then they had a bit of a tiff. I mean, she quite clearly, I'm sure she's lovely. I'm sure she's wonderful. But nobody ever said you had to be intelligent to be a singer. And so she's there and she's decided she wants Rocco back and he doesn't want to go there. Wants to be with Dad. He gets far more fun with his dad, you know, messing about in London, doing what he wants to do. Why would he want to be with with a half-brother he doesn't even know who was adopted by Madonna? You know, it's a case of, oh, we've got this. Do you want to play with with David? No, not really. No. 
And so David sort of sits there staring out the window thinking, I wish I could go home. I don't want to be here. And Rocco's sitting there going, why am I sitting in court while my mother can't even be bothered to turn up in court? So it's costing a small fortune. And at the end of the day, he's going to turn 16 and he's going to stay with his dad. And um, and M- Madonna's going to have to sit there and go into meltdown because nobody gives a flying forex anymore, dear. They really don't. You know, you're coming over as petulant, as really very needy. Very, very needy. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, the horror of Dunblane. Do you know it's 20 years? I remember Dunblane like it was yesterday. You do if you're in this business. Uh, there was somebody here who said, I hit my wall in the gym at Dunblane. It was the hardest thing to keep my legs moving forward. And uh, really, really awful, those, uh, those children who lost their lives. 20 years on, and uh, pathologist Anthony Bussatti walked into the gym, and what he witnessed uh, will stay with him forever and ever. In an emotional interview, he reveals how he hit the wall, as I just said, when he saw the heartbreaking carnage that stunned every family in Britain. It, it, I mean, you just cannot believe it. I mean, there's certain things that stick in your mind, aren't there? One, I suppose, would be, you know, the death of Diana, uh, little children losing their lives. And, of course, by, by the same token, Abavan, the Abavan disaster, when that, uh, that, uh, that slag uh, tip just descended, just moved and smothered that school. And that, again, was, uh, you know, the worst thing. You remember stuff like this. The older you get, the more of these things come forward and you start thinking, oh, dear... This is just dreadful. And then you ask yourself the question, is there a God? Where is he? What's he doing? The answer is obviously nothing at that particular time. We like reading Carol Malone. She talks today about uh, the Queen. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that the Queen has got an opinion. She must have. She's an intelligent person. She's lived to be uh, 90. Team Maria, she says, let her down on the drug scandal. She doesn't give a... F- she doesn't care less, Carol. You know that. I know that. She really doesn't care less. And, uh, and also... She says uh, here, uh, Ada Field has revealed husband Robbie Williams had never set foot in a supermarket till he was 42. He was like the, this is amazing, they have everything, she says. Ida clearly thinks this is a sweet story, she says. I think it makes Williams sound like an imbecilic halfwit. Of course it does. You're telling me that when he grew up in, was it Stoke-on-Trent? He'd never been in a supermarket. What a pile of claptrap. What a stupid woman you are. Of course he'd been in a supermarket. Of course he'd, don't be so stupid. Honestly, these are, but, but, I mean, why would you, you know, why would you portray your husband as a bit of an idiot? In fact, or a complete idiot. Uh, Wayne's got divorced. This is uh, magician Wayne Dobson. He's divorced his wife. He claims had an affair with his uh, friend at the time, Bobby Davro. Mm, not my favourite person, Bobby Davro. He got offered me as an interview the other day. I've always not bothered with Bobby Davro at all. I know that uh, friends of mine say, oh, you really like him. No, I met him once. I didn't like him at all. Uh, Louis wants to be a nobody. This is uh, Louis Tomlinson. He wants to pretend he's an unknown again. Oh, Louis, darling, you don't need to pretend. You are an unknown. I've granted it to you. You know, you're not the brightest penny in the box. You're a bit like Zayn Malik, who either has or hasn't had a tattoo, a tattoo on the side of his face. I mean, I can't seriously believe that the un- sorry, the really intelligent one out of One Direction who walked off because he wanted to be a normal person has seriously had his face uh, done with a tattoo around his eyes and by his ear. I mean, I, I can't believe you'd really be that uh, that stupid. But they say here, trending, Zayn Malik, a credible musician, finally freed from the shackles of a manufactured boy band or a total wally heading for a spectacular fall. I like to think the latter, don't you? I think so. The jury's still out, but his latest inking, if it's real, isn't doing much for him in my view. 
His new tattoo shows a bird emblazoned with the letters M-O-M and stretches across his temple and down his cheek. Rather than a reference to his mum, it's more likely to be a plug for his latest album, Mind of Mine. His fans have branded it awful and tacky. I'm not sure if that's the album or if it's the tattoo. Uh, I heard the single, Ghastly. Ghastly, ghastly, ghastly. So let's work on the assumption he's heading for a fall. I don't know why they all think that if they were in a group, that when they go solo, people are going to be interested. Because they're not. Nobody, Zayn Malik couldn't sell out the phone box at the end of Trafalgar Square. Jimmy Osborne's on tour with his band, a tribute to Andy Williams. It's uh, Moon River and me. And he's appearing all over the place. He's popping up everywhere from Wolverhampton to Southend to Western Supermare. And if you've never met Jimmy Osmond or you've never seen Jimmy Osmond, go see him. Go see him. He's, ex- he's so personable. So personable. And I don't say that because he's been on in, in conversation about four times. We've had him on. He's been on with... I think the only person he's not been on with is Donnie. He's been on with the brothers. He's been on by himself. He's so personable. Seriously, he's, he's just a very, very personable person. Uh, a very personable person. Uh, and uh, Joanne says, you parked close to our house yesterday. Uh, agreed with you about the fox and goose. Empty for ages. Now, very successful pub and restaurant. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, we thought it was great. I thought, the, I mean, I, I could eat. Phil Vickery said haddock's much the better fish because it's more flavoursome. Cod's a bit dull, isn't it, really? Did I park close to your house? There was nowhere to park, actually, yesterday. It was terrible. hope you didn't lean by the car and have your photo taken with it. I get a lot of that. I, I sometimes come back to the car to find people standing there having pictures taken. Ridiculous. I get it in the car wash, too. Oh, excuse me, we, we sit in the car? Yeah, only, only one of you. I'm not having any old blooming family sitting in it. Dear me. Uh, Steve, I love your ramble, says Therese. You can talk the hind legs off a donkey. Why do they say that? Why do they say that? Why do they say talk the hind legs? I mean, can you imagine... You'd have to drag the donkey around by its front legs, wouldn't you, if you had talked the hind legs off it? Uh, be nice, Steve, says Jonathan, who's a gay Tory. I don't know, why do people want to tell you they're gay Tories? Victoria's father wasn't just an electrician. Oh, he was just an electrician, believe you me. He owns a company employing multiple electricians. Oh, well, actually, no, he now works for his daughter. So I don't think he does the electrical stuff anymore. I don't think so. And um, Anna Maria's in Scotland... Uh, and she says, uh, have you ever been married? Are you on medication or something? Are you seriously, are you seriously asking me that question? Have you ever been ma- Yes, yes, and I've got 15 children. OK, there you go. I put them all into care because I thought, who wants to look after them? Let's just have them, shove them in care. I'll go and collect them when they're old enough to feed themselves. So much easier. Uh, we're on holiday in Cape Town, say Elaine and James. You can tell who wears the trousers in that relationship, can't you? And enjoying waking up to hear your lovely rants. The time change means we hear all the programme rather than just the last bits. Well, that's good news. Uh, talking of the last bits, the news at seven is, uh, is coming up very shortly. Uh, the police are going to prosecute. This one's very important. 80 drivers who crawled past a motorway crash so that they could film it. They're going to prosecute every single one of you. And so they should do. My God, we're going to get some names on this programme. What's in store for Brooklyn Beckham? According to the papers, not much really. Uh, The BBC invite a paedophile rapper onto a Radio 1 show and they go, oh, we didn't know. Shades of... uh, Wait a minute, who was that bloke again? Oh, it'll come to me in a moment. Uh, the one and only Chesney Hawks, 25 years on. Brendan Coyle will pick up his walking stick to play Mr Bates in Downton. And Celebrity Juice goes live. Uh, one of the first guests is going to be Pip Schofield. God save us. On Leading Britain's Conversation. 
This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to be company. Welcome to Sunday morning. It's the 13th of March. I mean, it seriously is the 13th of March. Does it only seem like Christmas yesterday or a few weeks ago? Bonfire night and stuff like that. And here we are into March. Then we're into April. Then it'll be time to get the hanging baskets out again. It's unbelievable, isn't it, really? Uh, Raheem, is it Raheem Sterling? That's how you pronounce his name. Apparently, he's just moved his girlfriend into his house, but he's been off with a Playboy bunny. And she's obviously sold the story. Uh, the woman serial killer who wants compensation because apparently prison makes her tearful. I'm sorry, love. I think it's supposed to be a deterrent. I'm, I've obviously got the wrong end of the stick here. Look out, Sam Smith. You're being chased by the bisexual boy band member who is desperate for attention. Remember the one who kissed that uh, married to fat boy Slim? It's him again. He was a bit naff first time round. He's even naffer second time round. Uh, the boxing legend who's too ill to visit the UK exhibition, that's Muhammad Ali. And the jihadi bomber who's now a barber selling things in markets in this country. Plus pregnant Christina Rianoff. And uh, she's out with her little boysy friend. That's little Benjamin Cohen. And Benjamin Cohen had his hands in his pockets and she's having to carry all the stuff. She's there with the bag and the shopping and the dry cleaning. And he's just there with his hands in his pocket. What do we give it? Three months? Six months? Something like that. Can't be too much longer, can it, really? And, uh, and Elaine says, it's Elaine and James again. We're mother and son, so I'm allowed to wear the trousers. Yeah, it depends how old he is, though. Depends how old he is. If he's 15, well, then yes. If he's 15, <laughs> if not... It's, uh, it's terrible. Uh, Steve, I take back my last comment about you lifting my spirits. I've now suffered a relapse after hearing you mention Pip Schofield. Please tell me he's not guesting on the show. No, he's going on the live Celebrity Juice, the programme that is so boring and dull that uh, it is what's commonly known as the presenter's graveyard, mainly because the presenter of it looks like he was dug up from somewhere and is the most unfunny man on the television. That's uh, Keith Lemon. The only funny thing about him is the fact that he thinks he's funny. Uh, Pip Schofield, who is just a fairly elderly, white-haired old man, who appears on it because Holly Willoughby one minute sits there talking about people being abused, and the next minute is having to listen to the filth that emanates from Keith Lemon's mouth. And that's just a rough, a rough translation of what it is. Uh, another one here, uh, which, uh, which tells me that uh, you're agreeing about uh, Victoria Beckham. Apparently... Uh, Sandy says, uh, haddock and chips and mushy peas at the City Barge in Chiswick. I can't do mushy peas. Isn't that funny? I cannot, do, I cannot get into the excitement that people tell me is mushy peas. Even on a, even on a Saturday. Even on a Saturday. I just don't know, I don't know why people tell me about mushy peas. I, I couldn't get excited, but I did enjoy my lunch yesterday, which is, which is quite, uh, which is quite something at my age. <laughs> Grateful to get anything down that's not liquidised. Uh, so all of your texts and emails between now and 8 o'clock this morning when Stig comes along. If you Google, says Ian, some of the photographs from Madonna's current world tour, the question of why her teenage son Rocco wants to be with his dad Guy rather than his an embarrassment of a 57-year-old mum is, is asked and answered. Yes, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I actually would, would agree with you. Because the, the more she keeps mentioning him on the shows, the more he doesn't want to be anywhere near her. She's quite clearly mad as a barrel load of frogs. And, uh, and she's not, she's not going to win him back. Why would you want to be with the embarrassing mum? Kids, kids at 15 have got enough problems with their body sprouting hair, spots appearing everywhere, without having to worry about your mother. I mean, at one point she says something that is so rude, I can't even repeat it. Well, she got a bottle of there. Is that, is that a bottle of tequila? You don't think she's drinking, do you? 
that would be awful, wouldn't it? I wouldn't like to suggest that Madonna drinks. I mean, I'm sure that most adults drink. But the trouble is, she's just turned into an embarrassment. Oh, what is she, 57 now, 58? You know, perhaps she thinks she's 20. So we are, we are looking at the pictures. Do, don't, don't get me wrong, we like to keep up to date with what people are doing. And then you get a nice picture of Rocco. Oh, dear. And his father, Guy, riding on the pavement. I'm so sorry, boys, but you shouldn't be riding on the pavement. OK, it's called Illegal. Get off the pavement. Get off the pavement. Meanwhile, Mummy, you know, is sort of standing on stage, still singing, you know, those old hits from all those years ago, which is lovely. I don't think she's had anything new out for a little while, has she? So here she is. And uh, she told fans she'd messed up her songs as she powered through the biggest hits as part of her Rebel Heart World Tour. And then she sort of goes into the, I want my son back. And everybody's going, oh, just get on with the singing, dear. We're not interested. They don't care about your private life. They really don't. I mean, she was dressed either as a clown, complete with pink wig and stripy stockings. Then she burst into uh, tears during the Melbourne Forum show. And then, and uh, apparently a source told The Sun, being cut out of Rocco's life has hit Madonna hard and it's clear she blames Guy. She claims she gave Guy, when they divorced, 50 million and a mansion. Ow. Cool, the coffee's on. Um... Fifty million in a mansion. Good God for that price. Even I'd have climbed into the bed with her. But uh, it's a lot, and uh, it isn't a case of, you know, it's it's anything to do with Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie is probably somebody who hasn't quite grown up properly. He's probably got the sort of friends that Rocco wants to hang around with, and and he seems a lot happier. He's a lot happier with his dad. Like, you know, they have a bonding. He's got nothing in common with his mother at all. She's got three others to look after, and so he had to sit through the other day six hours of legal argument at the High Court as lawyers for his parents discussed his future. So his mother chose to press on with her concert. Her lawyers said she would very much like to have been in court and a giant image of her son appeared behind her as she sang. But his film director father was present for some of the hearing. It was the the woman who either guys married or going out with at the moment who sat with him as well. He's 15 years old. He had to sit there for six hours. I bet he's willing his life away. Willing his life away. Sitting there going, I can't wait to be 16. I don't want to go with my mother. She's horrible. And uh, and she's coming over as that. She's coming over as quite nasty, which is not a good image. Not a good image at all. OK, what have we got in the people? What have we got in the people? Uh, we've got um, oh, the Top Gear, London's burn-up. Why do we have to suffer in London? Why don't you go and do it in Grimsby or something like that? It's wasting our time here. Corrie's Lucy's new man after split. Mean anything to any of you? No, me neither. Or neither. And uh, here she is, the uh, Christina Rianoff, out in London. It's amazing, actually, when you don't see a trout with all that tarty makeup. She's quite plain and dowdy, going along with uh, the bloke who seemed to have made no effort whatsoever, Ben Cohen. He's 37. He's got his hands in his body warmer. She's having to carry the clothes and all the rest of it. You'd think, actually, he could do the decent thing and actually carry something. Perhaps he's bone idle. Perhaps he's had his hands chopped off or something. I don't know. Either way, I, I don't give it... Um, don't give it too much hope. Uh, the story of the car ghouls, you might be one of them. Police are going to prosecute 80, 80, count them, 80 rubbernecking drivers who crawled past a motorway crash so they could film it. The, the, the smash shut parts of the M40, but the seven hours of chaos was made worse by vehicles slowing down. Warwickshire cops are going to send out 80 letters warning drivers may be summonsed, meaning court or an automatic £100 fine and points. They've got every single number plate. They've got all of you. They've got your court. You're bang to rights. Inspector Lucy Sewell said the offending motorists at Friday's crash near Henley and Arden were disrespectful and insensitive. And so it's uh, they're going to look to increase the penalty as well. Either way, 
you've been nicked. What sort of pervert crawls past a crash and wants to film it? I mean, seriously, you couldn't uh, couldn't actually make it up, could you? Really, it's not uh, not the most pleasant thing at all. But some people do it because they're they're sick. They're sick. Uh, what have we got here? Lucy Fallon. Lucy Fallon. Who is she? She plays Bethany Platt. No, nope. none the wiser. I'm so sorry, darling. But apparently, she. Um, she posted pictures of herself and her new beau, Tom Leach, on Instagram. She's pictured draping her arms around the hunk. Oh, dear. Hunk is something you'd have to make up your own mind on. Anyway, she split with her pizza waiter, Ryan Roberts, weeks ago, after three years, blaming her busy filming schedule. And obviously, in a desperate attempt to try and get some sort of publicity for her dreary existence, she's decided to go with somebody else. And you think to yourself, well, that's fine. I couldn't care. It doesn't make any difference to me who she goes out with. It's just that nobody knows who she is. You know, and so you have to try and sort of, you have to try and set the uh, the bar a little bit higher to go, oh, right, so so you're now going out with a boy. Ooh, amazing that, isn't it? It's like there was somebody else in the paper who was sort of confirming, yes, I am going out with somebody from Geordie Shaw. Like, you know, what are you, 12 or something? Who cares? And here we go. What's in store for Burberry Snapper Brooklyn? And judging, judging by what they say here is nothing. Nothing. He can't step outside of Mumsy and Dadsy's little world. Mumsy, of course, goes out to deliberately be photographed, as does Dadsy, and so they take lots of selfies. It's so that uh, David... I still haven't got that money back in my account. You know, he still is out there and he's trying to make out, yeah, me and Brooklyn go out and we sort of, like, do buddy-buddy things, you know. You know, father, and it's, I'm afraid we're not buying into it. It's just, it's just shameless publicity. And so he goes out. Uh, he had to thee, he had to queue at a theme park. Well, what's he famous for? He's famous because his parents are famous. That doesn't make him famous. This means that he's, he's the son of a famous couple and that's about it. And she's only famous for having to borrow money from... Am I ever going to get that money back in my account? That'd be nice to think of it, wouldn't it? TV favourite Paul O'Grady, 8.4 million in a year. That was from Book Deals, his fourth memoir, Open the Cage, Murphy, out in September. And uh, his total haul for 2014-2015 is up a million. He's, he's got 10 million in assets and 5.4 million in the bank. Can you imagine? Honestly, I remember... When he was, they say here he was earning 15 quid a show in London pubs, performing as uh, Lily Savage. He was getting a lot more than 15 quid, I tell you. A lot more. Paul, I met... Oh, God, we go back donkey's years. I can't remember how many years it is now that we've known each other. We did a couple of gigs together. And uh, he was one of the hardest working people. He actually came to my... Oh, he gave the game away there. It might have been my 40th birthday party. <laughs> that was a long time ago, a long time ago. And he came to it with Bobby Crush playing the piano and uh, Rod Jane and Freddie singing. Everybody was terribly impressed. It was all lovely. Toby Amstis was there and all sorts of lovely people. And uh, Chris Jarvis. And uh, it was just wonderful. It was really nice. Really good. Really good evening out in the Players Theatre. So I, I loved it to pieces. So here we go. I've got to bring you this story because it's in a few of the papers today. And it's a paedophile rap star who went to jail, was invited on a top Radio 1 show to plug his latest single. I mean, seriously, you couldn't make this up. If this was the last story in the newspapers today, you couldn't make it up. And it features inside the uh, the people. I think it's in a few others as well. So I'll tell you about the uh, the story of this guy who was given VIP treatment. I mean, absolutely hilarious. The BBC must be spitting blood at the moment. I mean, I cannot understand how they're supposed to be stopping this kind of thing. And and they haven't. They haven't. So, you know, what are they going to do about it? Well, we're not too sure. There is a quote from a spokesman. 
And, uh, but th- they had no idea that this person had been to prison uh, for abusing a girl of 13. And they invited him on. Yeah, we're really proud of you. Yeah, and here... What? We'll tell you the full story in a moment. It's uh, 7.15. Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. Hello. There you are. Sunday morning. It's Sunday the 13th of March. It's 7.20. So here is the story, which is a really bizarre one. Uh, it's of a paedophile rap star. This is the headline. BBC invites paedophile rapper on Radio 1 show. Uh, this is a man who went to jail for abusing a girl of 13, invited onto a top Radio 1 show to plug his latest single. The story goes that Taylor Harris was given VIP treatment on the youth station despite public anger about Jimmy Savile's sex attacks on youngsters at the Beeb. Grime rapper Harris, known as... I think it's bonkers. I think they've all got very strange names, rappers nowadays. I can't quite get my head around why he can't just be, you know, Taylor Harris, but he's bonkers. Posed for a photo with DJ Annie Mack, who dubbed his single the hottest record in the world on her evening show. Brilliant. Well, of course, she's not to know, is she? You know, if they if if, if I get a guest booked on for my in conversation, I don't sort of. I mean, I do find out about. Well, actually, yes, you're right. Actually, she should know. She surely would have Googled stuff about him and found out exactly. Because anyway, listeners would have been horrified if they knew that he spent six weeks in jail and has been put on the sex offenders register for seven years. Now, if you Googled somebody, you would find that perhaps she doesn't bother doing research. Perhaps she's one of those lazy presenters who just invites somebody on and go, oh, Christ, he's, he's got a single out. Yeah, that's really wicked. That is like happening and all the rest of it without doing any research on him. A damning report on the Savile scandal by Dame Janet Smith, warned last month that paedophiles could still be lurking undiscovered at the corporation. Anyway, somebody said last night, this is a huge blunder by the BBC with all the heat surrounding paedophilia. It's beyond belief that bosses rolled out the red carpet to a man with a conviction of this kind. A Google, There we go. I've been proven right yet again. I'll get embarrassed by this. A Google search would have revealed that Harris's conviction in 2010 at the age of 19, a report of the case described him as a child bottom groper. Whichever way you look at it, that's pervert. He was jailed by magistrates in Bromley after being found guilty of sexually assaulting a female under under 14. The court heard that Harris from Croydon, South London, trailed his victim on a bicycle... He was also jailed for three years in 2011 for his part in the kidnap and torture of a disabled man. He admitted false imprisonment and blackmail. How in God's name did he get onto Radio 1? Dear me, the embarrassment for Annie Mack and her producer for not doing any checks on somebody. Surely somebody comes... I mean, do you not... I mean, even if you've only got half a brain cell, Annie, would you not Google to find out something about him? Or would you just sit there doing vacuous interviews? I mean, I don't want to kind of, you know, point the finger, love, but you're supposed to be a professional. Victim Ricky Delaware was pistol-whipped, bundled into a car and held at a flat in Streatham. They demanded £25,000 for his release. Harris guested on the Annie Mack show at Broadcasting House in London last October. Another online BBC picture shows him at Radio One's sister station, One Extra, last month. And last November, he was one of the guests at the Mobo Awards in Leeds. He was nominated for Best Newcomer... Um, and joined stars like Rita Ora and comedian Lenny Henry. His videos have been viewed, viewed more than a million times on YouTube, and uh, a glowing newspaper review write-up last December said, Bonkers has mad talent, the next big thing. Labour MP John Mann warned it's essential the BBC bring, a f- bring in effective systems to protect itself. 
Anyway, he, sa- he says that uh, the sex trial was a miscarriage of justice. He wrote, I was misadvised in court. My mistake was going to a magistrate's court instead of going before a Crown Court jury. He's on the sex offenders register, let me just tell you, for seven years. Due to lack of money and knowledge, I failed to press ahead with the appeals process. I was in no way involved. Too late. Too late. The BBC spokesman said we weren't aware of his personal history before he became a rapper and would expect anything of this nature to be flagged by an artist's management. What, not by your own presenters doing what they're paid to do, which is do research? I mean, either Annie Mack is the stupidest person in the world and doesn't know how to interview somebody. You would do that, wouldn't you? If I was offered him as a guest for In Conversation, and I said to my producer, who is he? And my producer would say, uh, he's a rapper, he's got a new single out. I mean, apart from that, he wouldn't fit into my radar. But I would still get the information out. I would go onto the computer, like I do with all my guests, and I would get stuff out and read about them. If there was anything connected to a sex assault... There's no way they'd get onto any of my programmes. Not in a million years. And yet she welcomed him with open arms. I mean, dear God in heaven. So, anyway, uh, the spokesman said, our child protection policy states all young people must be accompanied by a responsible adult. He's the one perpetrating the crimes. It's disgraceful, really. I mean, it's absolutely disgraceful. And apparently, at the moment, there are no tracks by him currently on the playlist. (laughs) Probably to take him off as quick as possible, lest the whole thing degenerate into something even worse. How on earth can the BBC screw up like that? Answer is, they're employing people who are too young, they don't understand how the system works, they just think that you bring somebody in, they do the programme, they don't bother checking. Nobody checks nowadays. You've got to check, you do your research. I mean, quite clearly, and I'm sure I've heard of probably Annie Mack, and I'm sure she's probably charming, but she's quite clearly in my books as thick as a blank pencil because if you don't do research on somebody how on earth can you conduct an interview what do you just have them in there just to talk about the th- do you have vapor i'd love to find out one of her interviews and just sort of find out exactly what sort of interview and what sort of form they take you do your research that's what it's supposed to be about i mean i don't know perhaps i've perhaps i've sort of got the wrong end of the pencil here uh, the, the other story this is on the front page of the sun today is of uh, raheem sterling He's not the brightest penny in the box. He really isn't. And we've done him before. He's 21. He plays for Man City. And he's set up home with his girlfriend. Now, you will remember that uh, a little while ago, he put his four-bedroom Southport mansion on the market. Well, I died laughing. We looked at this idea of a mansion in Southport. I mean, it's the funniest thing ever. It's a series of little boxes all piled on top of one another. And... To say it is ghastly would be an understatement. It is nowhere near a mansion. There is nothing with four bedrooms that could ever be called a mansion. That in London would be a squat, okay? In Southport, it's called a mansion. It's got cheap, tacky furniture, very, although it probably cost him a fortune. It's a Michael Jackson themed bar with these bar stools, which you, I mean, you can get them for 39 quid. I mean, it's real cheap low-end stuff, and they say he's got a jacket and a fedora, and then you look at the bedrooms, I mean, seriously, they're about the size you can swing a small cat in, and they reckon it's worth one and a half million. You look at that, that's the master bedroom there, you can tell because it's done in a really cheap, tacky way. They say the master bedroom is decorated with splashes of zebra print. It's absolutely ghastly, absolutely ghastly. And then the bathroom, 
It's a pokey little affair with obviously a very expensive bath. They say it's a state-of-the-art bathroom with full television facilities. It's a bathroom with a television in it, OK? Not television facilities. Then there's the a more subdued bedroom pictured in the magazine, one of four in the house. It's the pokiest thing you've ever seen. Cheap, horrible-looking windows, cheap wardrobes. And also, he has one of the rooms is a personal gymnasium. It's a shame, actually, it could have been turned into something decent. And so they've got pictures of him holding weights. Unfortunately, and they've also got a cinema. It's so pokey, it can only seat six people. It's two two couches, one in front of the other, and it's got different things from it. He quite clearly... And it's got a pokey dining room table, which can only seat six people. I mean, that, to me, says, no friends. No friends. The kitchen is lovely. I mean, I don't know if he sold it, but I love the idea that a four-bedroom house in Southport is called a mansion. Anyway, front page of The Sun. Oh, dear. Silly boy here. The uh, the winger joined a lingerie beauty called Tabby Brown. Tabby's 30, which makes her a very old pussycat, doesn't it? At a posh Manchester hotel. She's probably never been in a posh Manchester hotel before. Uh, he lives with his childhood sweetheart, Paige Hansel. Have you noticed they've all got really stupid names? Paige Hansel, and this is Tabby Brown. Tabby Brown. Anyway, he'd earlier arranged to book Tabby a £200 room. My God, she's a cheap one-night stand, isn't she? But anyway, she's got her 30 pieces of silver. And so they've got a, a picture of her. Uh, him, sta- uh, Tabby, standing in the... This is a setup. This is a complete setup because she's standing by the hotel, photographed, and he's in his car, obviously parking it. So she's obviously said, listen, I'm coming out of the hotel now, OK? Uh, do, do, I, do I get my money? I'm going to find out how much this, this girl got paid. So here she is in a, in a, in a photo shoot. And uh, and then there's a picture of her heading for a, a cup final seat. She's a she's a bit ropey. I don't want to be rude, but I mean, if that's the best he can manage, that's obviously it. Anyway, um, a city executive says you'll get people within the system who don't show the right values and right behaviour, and uh, players have to recognise that there's privilege and all the rest of it. But I mean, to be honest with you, does it affect his playing of a football game? No. Does it make any difference? Listen, he's not married to this other girl. He's just shacked up with her. You know, she's just the lady. He's moved her in there because it saves having to crawl the streets, doesn't it, going to look for somebody, you know. So, And then he finds this one. Of course, she couldn't wait. I mean, she gets to stay in a £200 room. Woo! I mean, you know, that's one up from a travel lodge. So she's not doing badly, is it? A £200 room. Honestly, it makes me laugh, you know. When you think somebody who earns whatever he earns, which would be quite a few thousand pounds a week. They say £180,000 a week. And he's sh- he shoved her, she must be a real cheap date, in a 200-quid room. Dear, that's the best you could get, is it, Tabby? I feel about- I'm going to send you a sympathy card, dear. One of our special Steve Allen sympathy cards is that next time try harder. He earns £180,000 a week and you didn't even get a luxury suite. You got a £200 cheap room just so he could bed you. Oh, God, love, honestly. How, how embarrassing for your parents. What do you mean he didn't put you in a suite? £200 room, Mum. That's, that's better than normal. And that's it, is it? Oh, God. I feel really sorry for you, love. Really sorry for you. Perhaps we'll just laugh and point, shall we, next time we see you anywhere. Just just be warned, incidentally. She's on the prowl. Let's face it. I mean, she'll be looking for some... She's probably looking next for a room with a trouser press in it. I'm assuming. £200 of room. <laughs> Mind you, we still laugh, don't we, over his idea of a four-bedroom mansion. If you saw it, it's the chronic... It's the most awful chronic house you've ever seen. So badly decorated, you'd have to strip all the rubbish out to put something decent in. LBC News Time, 7.30. The latest headlines for... Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Steve Allen. 
Very interesting. Very, very interesting. We told you the story about the, the paedophile rap star who went to jail for abusing a girl of 13. And he went to prison for, uh, as well, uh, the kidnap and torture of a disabled man. And we've suddenly worked out that only if you put his real name in, which is Taylor Harris, do you find out that he's the pervert. If you put his rapper name in, bonkers, it's obliterated from all of it. There's nothing in there at all. But, uh, as I say, if you were a good producer, you'd be putting in everything, wouldn't you? I would have thought so. I would have thought so. I don't want any more excuses from, uh, from the BBC on this one. Whatever it is, it's a man who's been in prison twice. Whether or not he thought he was badly advised, he was convicted. He's on the sex offenders registered. He interfered with a 13-year-old girl. You know, it's as simple as that. You can't get away from that. And so, uh, you know, if you put his real name in, up it comes. Up it comes. 19, part of a gang from Croydon. Obviously not the cleverest person. Come up with a different name and you don't find it. Clever. Clever. What a devious person he is. What a devious person. Anyway, here they are. Lovely, lovely picture of um, of Peter Andre doing one of his little shows. For who? I can't imagine. Uh, judging by the audience, they all look as though they're on medication. And so you've got Emily. The wife was in the audience. Lovely. And my lovely wife, Em. And then you've got the son who points everybody out. Princess Tia Me. She's, she's, she's really lovely. Uh, Katie Price was there. Uh, Junior Andre. Uh, Claire Powell, Peter's manager, and Katie's ex. She looks like she's eaten most of the seating. And Kieran Haler, who is Katie's third husband, sitting actually not really near her, which is uh, very telling, I suppose. And then afterwards, uh, they hugged backstage. A source said, for the kids' sake, they put the past behind them. I th- thought she was taking him to court. What do you mean, for, for the kids' sake? Shame she never thought about that the last two occasions, did she? But there you go. So they finally ended their feud at one of his concerts. Anybody ever been to one of these concerts? I've never met anybody who's been. Seriously, I've been putting out and punting for years. Anybody ever been to a Peter Andre concert? I mean, he's 190 now. He's way past his sell-by date. But the good news is he's going he's gonna to open some restaurants. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, Sasha says, long night, hard work. Uh, but you've just made my morning, which is lovely. We love stuff like that. We love stuff like that. That's the kind of thing that works, actually. That's the kind of thing that works and uh, and works very, very well. That's why we are the number one programme on, uh, on the Sunday and during the week as well, which is fantastic. So thank you for that. And uh, did I mention I've got a book? I can't remember if I've ever mentioned it to you before, uh, which I think is called, if memory serves me, So You Want to Be a Celebrity. We're going to be doing an audio version very soon, we're going to be recording an audio version, and uh, I'll let you know when that uh, when that comes out. But we are uh, we're doing very well, actually, selling very well in that department. It, it covers everything. It's it's what they call a general pocketbook. There are about five done uh, for LBC. James O'Brien's got one, and uh, Ian Dale's got one. Nick Ferrari's got one. Who else has got? I keep trying to remember who's got these books, actually. But they're lovely, nice little pocketbooks, and they just sort of fit in. My mine was the easiest one to read. Because it was all about the thing that dominates every single paper. If you look at the front page of every single paper this morning, there's celebrity written all over it. Every single paper. It is the biggest seller. It's the one thing that we get more mileage over. So my one here, it's, it's sort of, you know, why can't we stop watching? Who wears the T-shirt? Who actually buys the perfume? Who goes to the salons? Ian Dales was about the NHS. Uh, Nick Ferraris was talking about politics, but not as we know it. Uh, James's was loathe thy neighbour, loathe thy neighbour. And so it's common sense into the discussion about, you know, the thorny question that just won't go away, feeds a whole industry of commentators. 
immigration. You've only got to wave that flag with immigration written on it, and immediately people get, uh, you know, really very excited. That people are never going to get excited about celebrity, but it dominates 90% of our papers in this country. Uh, James is called Loathe Thy Neighbour. I thought my title was quite good, actually. So you want to be a celebrity. I thought of the title all by myself. And, uh, and I, was, I was quite pleased with it, actually. And you can get it now uh, for eight ninety nine from Foils, which is nice. And you can get it from Amazon. You can get it all, all sorts of places. I don't want to sort of push my own work. It doesn't make any difference. Actually, the funny thing is, I, I, I'm, I'll tell you this now. I'm only telling you this now. Just, I, 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 never, I never invoice for it. I haven't been paid for it yet. Isn't that bizarre? Must be richer than creases, ladies and gentlemen. Richer than creases. Anyway, other stories in the papers today at 21. I don't like giving you the time because on this programme, I don't think it really matters, does it? Uh, what the time? It's Sunday morning. That's the only thing that matters is that it's Sunday morning and you've not got too many hours left. So if I tell you it's it's Sunday morning, that that's all that matters. It doesn't doesn't make any difference. Is Michael Dennis going running today? You are. You must be running today in the Marsden run, I suspect, young man. I suspect, because he says he's just, uh, he's just leaving. And I suspect that you're going to go and do the, uh, the running. I did print the picture the other day. A lot of people spotted my car when I twittered about the rubbish the travellers left behind. And somebody came up with a really simple solution. When the travellers move on to these sites, which they're not supposed to be on, and then they fill it up with rubbish and then just move off. No, 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 no. Get down there, barricade them in until they have paid to have all that rubbish removed, then let them out. Because if you and I start fly-tipping, the police will be down on you like a ton of bricks. Why should it not be the same law for everybody? And the answer is, it should be. It should be. So that's my, uh, that's my advice. Because I'm sick to death of people pussyfooting around. It's ridiculous. Uh, Roger is listening to his favourite presenter. I don't, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing your name, Roger. He's a senior news correspondent uh, uh, based in Trinidad. And he listens to the... He's very smart-looking, but then most people who are senior news correspondents look very smart-looking. It's just radio presenters who don't look as smart, although in the picture that you've got of me, uh, Roger, I I do look quite smart. And uh, Steve says, Chris, Victoria's dad is nothing like his daughter. He's a bright spark. Thank you very much indeed. And, um, and, And Angela says, you do make me laugh out loud, and says the... uh, Somebody's talking about Ellis Hilton's book... Uh, it's very interesting. You must you must check it out. The interview is again this evening at nine o'clock. Really good. Really good. Uh, the Royal Marsden. So that's the Royal Marsden March. Precautions against chafing because he he was really worried, wasn't he? Do you remember our black cab poet? Michael was very worried about the chafing. So he, he's, he's, he's got pseudocrine with it. Quite mad, you lot, aren't you, really? I don't know, I don't know why I do this programme. I'm surrounded by complete mad people. But uh, I don't mind mad people. We've got something in common, which is great. The difference is, you're listening, I'm being paid. Don't want to rub it in, but uh, let's get that invoice in for the book. I bet they've all forgotten about it. I shall mention it to my boss on uh, on Tuesday when I see him. He doesn't know I'm seeing him. I'm just going to be in because I've got an interview to do. So I've got Faye Weldon to talk to on Tuesday, which I'm very much looking forward to. Very much looking forward to it. And I've noticed here, and here's, here's something that is what I call a throwaway story on a Sunday. The Moore's murderer, Ian Brady. Ian Brady. This is the man who was jailed for life, together with Myra Hindley. Luckily, she's dead. You just wish that Ian Brady would hurry up and die as well. They abducted, abused and killed five children. They buried them on Saddleworth Moor. Uh, Hindley died in 2002, aged 60. You just wish that uh, that Ian Brady would hurry up and die and do us all a favour. Mind you, there's quite a number of people I'm wishing dead. Kim Jong-un, 
Uh, I'm wishing quite a few people. There's a little list that I've uh, compiled. But he's blasted, this is Ian Brady, in a series of letters, like anybody's interested, Chris Evans and Noel Edmonds as fame-hungry. Uh, he also accuses Winston Churchill of having the best time of his life during World War Two. He's confined to his bed in a psychiatric ward. I think it says it all, doesn't it? Psychiatric ward, loony, mentally ill, you know, really stupid person. Hurry up and die. Do us all a favour. Uh, Liam's a schoolboy. Cheryl's romance with Liam is doomed because he's like a schoolboy. Two playboy bunnies have claimed. They're sort of, I say playboy bunnies. Their names are... Carla and Melissa Howe. They said he sprayed champagne and hurled cake at them when he met them at a club in 2012. He says, you're twins, you look alike. I mean, this is how old the story is, 2012. And uh, he's a child. But there again, the woman he's going out with is also a child too. You don't really think that poor old Chesa is an intelligent 32-year-old. Oh no, she's way backwards in her years. Way backwards. Uh, other stories in the papers. Karen Brady's given it to you straight. And... Um, why did I keep this? Oh, that's right. Yes, we were going to warn Sam Smith and Zoe Ball. You wouldn't have thought they shared the same taste in men. But uh, it's not Fat Boy Slim, by the way. But uh, bisexual boy band member Tate Starnes has extended his 15 minutes in the spotlight after catching the eye of Sam Smith. Oh, Sam, stay well away from him. Stay well away from him. I can't advise you anymore. Just well away. He's not all there in the upstairs department. OK, just so I tell you that now. So it makes perfect sense to people. You have to tell people, don't you? You have to tell people. And also, I'm terribly disappointed that Keith Emerson shot himself of Emerson Lake and Palmer fame. He was 71. He uh, had a single gunshot wound to the head. He decided that because he couldn't give to people what he wanted to give to people, uh, he would kill himself. And so kill himself he did. When I first heard that, I thought, now that is a shame. That is a shame. I don't like to think of anybody you know, getting sort of very depressed to the point that they have to take their own life because, uh, you know, it's just just not right. There's always somebody to talk to. Uh, Jane says, I fully expect your book to soon be the musical. Well, it probably could be. Certainly a play. Certainly a play. The actual taking of somebody with no talent and then the next thing you would believe that they were the biggest thing in the entire world. But I don't think so. Uh, another one here, very quick. I like the idea of it being a musical. I'm, I'm not too sure that it would it would go for that. Uh, Alex says, Steve Allen's show is the best thing on Sunday morning. Very entertaining and a bit funny. What do you mean a bit funny? Never heard of such a thing. What do you mean a bit? That's almost an insult. Uh, the sad news that Muhammad Ali is way too ill. He's pulled out of a trip to Britain. He's 74. He wanted to back a campaign to give him an honorary knighthood. I can't imagine what for. Why on earth would you give Muhammad Ali an honorary knighthood? Pfft. For doing what? Oh, sorry, I keep doing that, don't I? I keep going, pfft. Like that. Kind of very, very dismissive. And uh, 84850, Steve... Oh, God, don't tell me she's listening this morning. That's all I need. God, blimey, honestly. Yes, I'm, I'm not even going to tell you who it is. I'm not even going to tell... I'm in that kind of mood today that I, I don't need to actually... Um, don't need to highlight things on this programme. They've got a, a... Oh, I found another bloke who's conned benefits. This is an engineering boss who pocketed £109,000. David Rothwell, 67. He began claiming it when he lost his job in 2003, but he failed to tell the authorities. Oh, he's only been jailed for a year. Hanging? The rest of you? Just hanging, maybe? Something like that. How about flogging? How about the ducking stool? How about the stocks? I love the idea of the stocks. I seriously do. I'd, I'd go for that in a big way. I think that we could go down to, um, to all the markets that have got all the rotten fruit and tomatoes and everything else, and we put people in the stocks, like him, 
and like, oh, girl, okay, well, there's another story. I must tell you this other story very, very quickly before we go to a break, because I'm getting into trouble. It's the, do you remember the woman who pretended she, she'd put the lottery ticket in her washing machine, and, and she was saying that that was the winning ticket, and of course she turned out to be a fraud. They're selling the washing machine. I mean, as if. Don't, don't, it's a pack of lies, ladies and gentlemen. They can't get her any work because she's quite clearly not bright. And she's on benefits. I think best we leave her on benefits. But uh, And they're selling the washing machine. Yeah, right. She's got that crackpot agent. You know, the one who's got benefit D, white D. Oh, dear Lord above, honestly. How to bring out the dead, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to the cemeteries, dig up a few more people, shall we? Can't put them up and go, oh, look, you could be a celebrity. But I died years ago, Steve. It doesn't matter. You can be a celebrity. We can put you on, you can put you on celebrity juice. I get my money back. No, you don't, David. You're not getting the money back anytime soon. She's borrowed it and she's keeping it. All right. Just accept the fact it's creative accounting. 13 minutes to eight. Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84. Leading Britain's conversation. Stig Abel. This morning from eight on LBC. And Stig will be with you at... Uh, at go and get your woggle thing. Don't... I've lost it. Well, I don't know how you can have lost it. God knows, honestly, we're on high security alert and he's lost his woggle. And this is, I don't know why I call it, somebody asked me the other day, what do they call the Boy Scouts thing that goes up your, I can't remember, the scarf that you put on and then you put your leather woggle up there and it goes up to the neck, like a neckerchief. You know, if, if you watch Peter Wingard on the television in that programme, which I now can't remember what it was, but he used to wear a neckerchief with a ring that used to go up to the top and uh, they be, they were very fashionable. Apparently in the 60s. I don't know why. The rubbish we used to wear, ladies and gentlemen. But I mean, seriously, I was only saying that about Victoria Beckham. Victoria Beckham's fashion things a short while ago. Uh, sorry, I've now got indigestion thinking about the whole thing. Uh, what are they going to be talking about with Stig as well? Um, this is Paddy Ashdown, who's had a very odd conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say anything about it. You'll have to wait and hear it with Stig this morning on The Bigger Breakfast. Because you, you, A, you'll laugh at the same time. And it, it kind of worked, actually, for both of us. Uh, 84850. David Bristol says your David Beckham impression is hilarious. Fantastic. And uh, I have something in common with the late George Martin. We were both in a group, says Les, named The Fortune Tellers. My group was formed back in 63. I found out about uh, George Martin on the TV the day's passing was announced. Well, there you go. There you go. Yes. I mean, that was a bit of a shock, wasn't it, really? I think, you know, a lot of people... Uh, sort of saying, look at his legacy. And uh, we had a chat about that. You must listen to the In Conversation this evening. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very good In Conversation. They're always very good, but uh, we had a, a really nice time. Really, really nice time. Uh, Bieber and David Beckham in the papers today. The reason they're in the papers is uh, the pop brat wants an inking date. I do get slightly disturbed about David Beckham and his inkings. I think he's obviously got one or two shillings missing. Uh, also... Uh, this is uh, uh, a man here, a Muslim extremist jailed for a firebombing, is now running a hipster beard grooming service. This is Abraham Mirza, jailed in 2009 for his part in an arson attack. Now he works markets. And he said, no, I've, I've changed. I'm a different sort of person. Uh, by George, the star has wowed America. Yes, he's, he's spent time in America, hasn't he, actually, boy George? Whether or not it works again. Uh, Paul Gascoigne, they say, could be a mentor... For alcoholics. That's what, they say. That's what they say in the paper. They say he's ready to share his tips on beating booze. I wasn't aware he had beaten booze. I'm obviously coming from a, a different, uh, different thing here. Our show's not scripted, says, uh, says Top Gear. No, but it's as dreary as anything else. And the most famous washing machine in Britain, which of course it's not, 
It's just a load of old rubbish. And this is the, uh, the mother who doesn't work. She's on benefits. She's work shy. And uh, they say she wants to get rid of it. Suzanne Hinty, because it's uh, too many bad memories. Yeah, because she lied about the, uh, the lotto ticket. So there you go. I wouldn't trust her as far as I could throw her. And throw her, I would like to do, ladies and gentlemen. That's the kind of thing I would like to throw her into the stocks and then we pelt her with... Ru- they, you know, they say, oh, she could be going on. Uh, I'm a celebrity. I hope not. I really hope not. Stupid people like that you don't need, do we? Uh, the Spicy Girl feud heats up. Apparently, Mel and Vic really, really, really are not talking. And this is the turbulent relationship. Uh, We are told Victoria Beckham and Melanie Brown have fallen out and are no longer on speaking terms. Well, why why would they? I mean, I don't know why people seem to think if you're in a group, you have to be friendly with everybody. You don't have to be friendly. It's a case of you tour with somebody, you record with them, but uh, nobody likes it. I should imagine Victoria probably looks down her nose at uh, the other one and goes, I'm more famous than you are, I'm richer than you are. Although they keep sort of, don't they, extending the value of the Beckhams. And whilst uh, Dave, I don't want to lend her any more money, is sort of still having his post office account plundered by Vic because her business isn't maybe doing as well as it could be. Uh, there's always going to be a few. And so that this, that this time they're actually saying that the Beckhams are worth £500 million. I don't believe a word of it. Seriously, I don't believe a word of it. Not one word of it. Seriously, I think it's a pile of old poo. Seriously, if, if they're really worth £500 million, they'd be living in much nicer homes than they've got at the moment. But uh, they're just average sort of homes. But as I say, it's all publicity, isn't it? It's all publicity. But at the end of the day, not doing the business. He doesn't appear to be working at all now. Obviously, the, uh, the underpant things have given up, and he just sort of wanders around in a bit of a daydream looking for somebody to talk to. I've got a post office account. And he's launching a football team in Miami, but we've heard that for about the past year. So far, we've seen no evidence of it at all. He spends most of his time here getting takeaway pizzas or having a picture taken with Brooklyn, who's now going, I think I'll go out with some girlies, Dad. That's OK. Go out with them. Don't show them your post office account, though. Don't tell them you're Brooklyn Beckham. Uh, boys' own duo Keith Boring Duffy and Brian Fatboy Fat McFadden will record new material for their sellout tour. Oh, God. I can't imagine who's going to be going to see that. I really can't. Ronan Keating will have to go there. What are his al- albums selling? I really wonder. And if you go to Eton College, anybody fancy Eton College? They've got the best food ever. Uh, the gourmet dishes served up to pupils because this is top notch. You know that if, if you go to Eton, generally speaking, your parents have put your name down as a baby. You don't have to wait. You put your name down as a baby. They've got here confit of duck, fig and goat cheese salad and peri-peri chicken. This is what the boys there eat. Uh, somebody said uh, even one one chef was absolutely amazed in the quality of food. They're paying £36,000 a year. Must be a really thick chef, mustn't he? Other snaps show homemade fish and chips and a breakfast uh, platter with sliced deli meats. I mean, (laughs) what, like you get at normal places? I love the way one chef said he was amazed at the quality of the food. It's eaten, you bozo. Goodness sake, what's the matter with people? Are they really stupid? Really, really stupid? Um, I shed 11 stones, says a, a takeaway bloke. He used to go to takeaways and eat them after being thrown off a ride because I was too fat. Seems fair enough. If I had people on a, on a ride and they were too fat, I'd kick them off as well. And um, at one time, teenage tearaway Kevin inks showbiz stars thanks to his love of art. This is a, he, he's a, he's a tattooist. He does Ed Sheeran and people like that. I think tattoos are so boring. So really dull and boring. Uh, another one here, 84850, uk. The Peter Wingard character was Jason King. It was Department S and it's called a cravat. A cravat. Thank you very much indeed. A cravat. I could not 
remember. I, I could not remember. It was called a cravat. And it had like a ring, didn't it? And you got them in, in sort of shops. And they, they were terribly trendy, which I quite like, actually. I like things which are trendy. I'm not a trendy person myself, but there again, I don't think you're supposed to be when you're my age. Uh, Pat says, wish everybody who's doing the Marsden March Day all the best. They're doing it for others. Bless them. Anybody who can manage things like that does better than me. Uh, another one here. Uh, Cindy reckons that the word paedophile is banded round a bit too much. I think, actually, if the girl was 13, I think that's paedophilia. Whichever way you look at it, love, I think that's paedophilia. 13. 13 would be it. I wouldn't call somebody of 15, somebody who'd, uh, who'd uh, messed around with a 15-year-old, I wouldn't call them a paedophile, because between 15 and 16, when it's legal, it's a, th- a very small line, isn't it? If somebody's, you know, 15 and three quarters and in a month's time, they're going to be 16 when it's legal, would you call somebody who interfered with somebody a paedophile? I mean, technically, technically, I suppose you would. But for most of us, if you say to somebody, what what would you think a paedophile was? I'd, I'd say it was somebody who interferes with children from the age of about 11 or 12. I think 13 definitely fits into paedophile category, Cindy. Definitely. Another one here on Rob Brydon. Love, says Ken. Rob Brydon's impression of Jackie Mason. Could have been an interview with him. Could have been, couldn't it? It could have been. You must listen to the interview this evening to hear that again. You must hear that uh, again. It's worth it. Nine o'clock this evening for Rob Bryden, which is good. And uh, no mushy peas from the handmade pie and ale house. Says tickets, a whole £10. Can he put a turkey on the table at Christmas? Probably not. Uh, Tony's in Weymouth, which, as you all know, is God's waiting room. And Noreen says, good luck to Michael, the black cat poet. Not heard all the show. I've got the lurgy. And I've been... T- oh, I've got to go. I've got to go. That's it. You can listen to LBC. I'm back with you... Uh, Tomorrow morning at four, here's now my best friend, Stig Abel.